You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeninginkingston.com. episode of june i couldn't be more excited to leave june behind was june a rough month for you mike well i mean it was fine just like a pandemic month yeah like what that's the thing like it's just been a pandemic what is this like day 400 and whatever like it's just been a pandemic and there's lots of stuff going on i realized that and one of the cool things about us being able to do this show is i feel like this is kind of the 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 valve we get to use to just talk about nonsense and have yeah. some fun once a week. And it's been nice recently to kind of talk about some new stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I got, but I got to tell you, I, movies in the hats a great idea. But by the last couple of movies in the hats, I was just like, we. What are these things? Like some, some of these movies, I'm like, what is this? Like, what is this? What are we talking about? Yeah, it was. It was a struggle some weeks. I think it's just, we're so fatigued. We're craving new stuff. I was telling you, Mike, before we started um, recording, Dan and I went to get popcorn at Cineplex this past weekend, because you can still do that. You can go. Mm -hmm. And um, the manager was there and he was like, oh, three more weeks. We're almost there. We're getting ready to open. And I'm like, I just, I cannot wait i cannot wait to be in a movie theater again it's the one thing you know like pandemic time super annoying i've hated it but i'm not like a super social person so it wasn't even like the social stuff i was missing <laughs> yeah, right. during the pandemic i'm a homebody so like whatever but movies i have missed going to the movies so much yeah i i agree and and i think i would go see anything um yeah right right now but i would go I also, see the new fast and the furious movie that's that our popcorn yes. bags for advertising you know you know what's funny taylor is i don't i don't particularly like the fast and furious i've seen some of their movies like whatever but when that commercial came on i think i was watching like a sports thing and the commercial like during all like sports games those types of commercials always play they know their target action audience. yeah and I'm not normally into Fast and Furious, but all I was thinking was like, oh, I would go to that right now. Like, I just wish I could walk <laughs> in to a movie theater and just watch the Fast and the Furious 9. Even though it looks so dumb, I don't care. Go I just see a Transformer. Go to a, theater. a Transformer. Oh, for movie. sure. I would see a Transformer movie. I would see almost any. I would see a simple favor. If that was the only thing the screening room was playing, they're like, okay, we're doing a simple favor marathon. And that's all we're doing. I would go. I would here, pay money again and go see that piece of garbage because I just want to be a... Here's an important question, though, Mike. Would you see her smell? Yes, I would. <laughs> I would see a simple favor, Victory. her smell, back-to-back. Back, for Tyler Vance. Back-to-back episode. Hey, I'll, I'll throw in any time. I would see a Tyler Vance planned weekend of Double feature. Where he... Yeah, double feature Friday, double feature Saturday, double feature Sunday. Not only would I go, I'd pay money. To go wouldn't even know what the movies are they're just like whatever he picks i would go see all of it because i just want to be in a movie theater because i think you're right to me it's different the movie theater and the movie going 
atmosphere is something that I've realized I've missed. I, I don't mind streaming. I like the accessibility that streaming gives. And I think that we should treat streaming films the same way as you would treat anything that gets released in the theaters. But I'm never going to not love the movie going experience. That's what I've learned about this. The smell of the popcorn, you know, just the whole experience. People have asked this. People have written in maybe two or three times asking us about, you know, do we miss the theater? Heck yes, we miss (laughs) the theater. But I'm with you, Mike. Like, I'm an equal opportunist. I'll watch, you know, a movie with commercials, you know, on Sunday on TV. I'll watch Netflix. I'll go to a movie theater. I like it all. But we just have not had the luxury of going to the movies. Like, that is such a bummer. Mm. So, and, and the yeah. thing about Kingston is we actually, you know, it's nice. We have three movie theaters and yeah. three options. And to me, all of them offer often kind of unique and different things and unique and different experiences. Like not only can you sometimes if one film is not playing at one of the, the bigger multiplexes, it's probably playing at the other one. Then you've got the screening room. So you kind of like always have a different type of film that you can go see, which is really, really nice. And, you know, it's been it's been so long that we're, we're, we're really hoping that everything continues and that by the end of July, we're back at theaters seeing films. And, and there there are new movies. That's the thing. You're the states are open. The things are happening in most places in the U.S., meaning Hollywood is open, meaning films are being released. So it would be nice to be able to see some some big summer blockbusters again, but also just new films that are coming out this year. Um, I, I, the screening room is going to play a bunch of stuff that, that I'm sure they're going to catch up on things that they wanted to get to. That'll be new for us, but still, you know, still new stuff for us to talk about on this show weekly and be like, Hey, I went to see this and it's fun. Um, and maybe, Hey, we'll, we'll bring back not a great plan and make fun of people. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll sitting... finally have some news. <laughs> I've been sitting on two or three headlines, Taylor, that I've been really? waiting for us to do. Yeah. Cause I've been waiting till, till we had enough. Um, so we could do, cause I have a couple suggestions of things that have happened. Cause they, I don't know. Oh yeah. You're not a movie trailer watcher, right? Like you don't watch only because trailers. I don't have cable. So I don't know, like, unless you guys tell me, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> when, when fans ask. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, yeah. Okay. Well see, I'm, it's not even cable. Like I just, I mean, I do have cable, so I see a lot more, but, you go but on sometimes, YouTube and watch oh yeah. Sometimes I sit on YouTube and I'm like new movie trailers and I just like let them play. Um, well, the trailer had come out for Dear Evan Hansen, which is right. a musical that was very popular in the in Oh, the I 2000s. saw those headlines, Mike. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of headlines. There's a lot of things that he, to talk about. Why that. is he playing? I mean, he's like, what, 30? He's like, he's playing he's like 35 and he's playing a 17-year-old because he played it on Broadway. That guy played yeah. the role on Broadway. Yeah, I get so, it. And he's a singer, and he was in, I guess he was in Pitch Perfect. I don't actually recognize him from Pitch Perfect. Oh, he has know. a recognizable face, though. Like, I... Yeah. I, like, I know I've seen him before. I, I guess it's from Pitch Perfect. I just can't name who he is in that movie. I did, like, it doesn't... He's a love he's, interest. Is he? Okay. Yeah, he's, like, the main... Anna Kendrick's oh, Anna love Kendrick's interest. love interest? I'm oh, pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's just... It, so was that one of the headlines? That, that was one of the headlines. Why is he 35? <laughs> yeah. And it's, but again, you know, again, I also, I, I'll never not, uh, there's two things that I'll always take an opportunity to make fun of. New Star Trek and movie musicals. So if there's an opportunity to talk about a movie musical and make fun of it, even before seeing it, I'll do it. Um, though I've heard 
from a couple of people that in the heights is very very good um, but that also was in it. the headlines did what, you did see it, what did it do no they i didn't apparently, see apparently um lynn what's his last name lynn manuel miranda yeah he um well i don't know it's not him specifically but it's, it's his movie but they people are accusing it of not being represent representational enough it's like not even though there's lat latino um mm -hmm. and latina like the actors you know it's like a latina story um they didn't portray like afro latino people like it wasn't like there wasn't enough like color variety in the casting so that that made headlines oh and the casting specific okay because i was gonna say that there was zero uh negative press when in the heights came out on broadway like it was it was not there was nothing negative attached that to it. was so, the like, only... so you're saying movie specific cast yeah well i don't know what oh, the okay. i mean maybe there you know maybe that w could have been a critique of the stage production i don't know but apparently and again like i don't i haven't seen the film but i guess it, it's portraying like a specific neighborhood right yes yes um, it is a specific neighborhood yeah and i guess in that neighborhood in real life there's more like darker skinned people right um, which is not you're saying the issue is is they did not represent this in the film yeah they were too light mm, interesting oh i see the cast okay. the cast was too like was like across the board too light skinned you know what i mean like it wasn't mm, so that right. was also oh, in the headlines okay. yeah. recently and interesting he apologized he said he could have done better you know he, yeah you know, I mean, the typical especially yeah, the typical apology, thoughts like, and prayers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's interesting that 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 would happen because if it's based on a real place, you'd think you'd have the knowledge of this is what this place looks like. Like it's different when it's like it's a fictional place and I made up. Then, no, apparently then it's like I a would, real neighborhood. Yeah, it's yeah, <laughs> and it is apparently, it, and that's the thing. It's a real neighborhood, so you know, frankly, you should get those things right. So people are <laughs> saying it's like a real neighborhood. <laughs> that those are the critiques being like this doesn't look like our neighborhood. Oh, okay, you okay. know, like yeah, our yeah. neighbors and don't I, look like that. <laughs> to me, that's an absolutely fair critique. So I wonder, I wonder place. if the theater cast just like it went under the radar. You know Maybe. what I mean? Like it because Maybe. some people from the original theater cast reprised their roles for the movie. Yeah, but it also, you know, it's probably expanded the cast in the movie. Like on Broadway, you have people playing multiple yeah. roles. And so it probably was that as well, where it's like, this is a snapshot. Broadway's got a smaller cast. You know, when you get into a movie, the spotlight's so much bigger and you've got background actors and you got like tons you of people. Like you can make it more diverse. You Absolutely. You. Actually, it would be really easy to do so without even changing your main core cast because you, you're basically showing this neighborhood. So a neighborhood's made up of, of tons of different people who, who might be part of the story or might not be. And it's actually really easy to, to, to make it diverse and make it look like the neighborhood. So yeah, that, that's, that's a mistake. Cause when you were first talking Taylor, I thought, well, I mean, the story is about who the story is about, but when, when, as you explained it, I was like, Oh, I see. Like that makes a lot more sense. Because yeah. you've got to represent what the area actually looks like. And if you live there and are like, this is not what the neighborhood looks like at all, then that's an important thing to get correct. <laughs> yeah. So that Pretty also, important. and then one other headline that I was, that I saw, but we just, we haven't had a lot of time to, because we've had like specialized episodes, you know what I mean? But Army Hammer is in rehab. 
Oh, that was okay. another update that <laughs> that I saw recently. He's gone to rehab, Army Hammer, for drugs okay. and I believe sex addiction. Ah, yeah, yes, of course. I mean, no, like no surprise there. That's like no, the next no, PR. That be a surprise, like, no. you know what I mean? Like, if he has mm-hmm. any anyone on staff still, that should yeah. have been the recommendation. Yeah. But, that that's that yeah to me that that doesn't surprise me no that's, it was only you know, a matter of time before he announced that yeah, yeah. um yeah it would it would have been more of a surprise if it had gone back to the cannibal news um, <laughs> and there was something to say there it's like i'm going to cannibal rehab and i'd be like that's a thing um no just the regular just the yeah run of the mill yeah. um and hey, you know that's the thing about uh, about these types of stories when it comes to to one um, of like superstars, people who are very very rich. You look at that to me a little bit differently than than anyone else. Like rehab can help a lot of people out. It's a uh, it's not a bad thing. It's stigmatized, but it can be very helpful. Um, but for Army Hammer, it's kind of like okay. Interesting. Yeah, like I don't obviously like rehab go, hmm. rehab is a good thing. Really? Don't get me wrong, like 100%. No. But I'm with you Mike when it's like when it's a major star and the scandals unfolding mm-hmm. and it's like weeks have gone by and now he's deciding to go to rehab. Yeah, like, like it kind of screams what happened like the Kevin Spacey stuff. Yeah. It's like things started to come out and then suddenly he says he has a problem. Like it's like Mm, okay i want to give him the benefit of the doubt like you know you want to say like oh he's taking the steps to get better but is he i don't know that's the thing taylor like especially with with stardom and and i i believe me i'm the first person to say that fans and fandom do a lot to put people on pedestals and they didn't ask for that and that's not their fault and we shouldn't punish people for getting rich and famous but what to me happens like a lot is you lose trust in people really quickly because you see these stories all the time and you just start going, well, is this a narrative being pushed out or is this happening? Yeah, you, get the, jaded. you get jaded. Right? You get jaded. Yeah. Cause I, I'm the same way. I want to be like, okay, great. So he's someone who's gonna, he realizes he has problems. He's going to take those problems seriously. And he's taken the right steps. Cause if it was anyone else, I would be like, good for you. Good for yeah. you for doing that. It takes courage and strength to say, "Hey, I've got problems, and I'm I'm going to tackle them." To me, that's the most courageous show, like show of strength there is. It's not weakness; it's it's a show of strength. But when it's someone like Army Hammer, and it's so like, how long have we talked about this, Taylor? Months, months. Yeah, like this broke. I think it was there was still snow on the ground. It's okay, like so memory serves. Ground. You know what okay. I mean? Like there's snow been on the ground, while. and now we're sweating. And, (laughs) and suddenly, so there's snow on the ground and things are breaking, things are breaking. He's getting dropped from Philip Drops films. And then suddenly this comes out. That to me looks shady. To me, there's a massive difference between I am doing something because I'm, 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 I see there's an issue. I'm being proactive. I'm going to do things. And there's, I got to react now. I have to make reactions that I used to say it's a huge difference between a reason and an excuse. And that's a fine line. And I want to give him the benefit of the doubt that there's reasons and there's good things that are now going to happen for him and he's going to get things back on track. But I do become jaded and go, are you just making an excuse to get Yeah, or trouble? is this, like, is this just a PR move, right? Is it? Like, is yeah, this... you don't but know. But we'll see, we'll see, you know, we thought the Army Hammer updates were on hold, but 
clearly but because taylor frankly it got too it got too serious to make fun of anyone oh, yeah. and again we're we're a lighthearted show we don't really like worry too much like sometimes people yell at us but like whatever we're here to talk about movies so we don't really get into politics or social issues i just wanted to make fun of army hammer because i thought the cannibalism thing was ridiculous but then it got serious so got we dark. thought it got yeah, dark, it got dark and we were quick. like let let's stop let's stop <laughs> let this thing unfold but now yes i mean it's good to to come full circle finish that off we kind of got to do a little mini not a great plan in yeah here. so that's kind of cool <laughs> without, without my intro or any of the things i worked so hard on well you so. can slice it in there mike find oh, a done, little uh, taylor i've done enough slicing these past <laughs> few weeks i'm not doing any more slicing okay <laughs> we're keeping this as is <laughs> this is it. Don't make any mistakes for the next 42 minutes. <laughs> Taylor Taylor in. asking to edit. Not a yeah. great plan. <laughs> yeah, not a great Yeah, not a great plan. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. You've been working overtime this month, Mike. Yeah, it's been it's been an editor's dream. Um, but yeah, I I think I think we'll we'll put our army hammer to rest again. But I'm glad we got to talk about a few of these things. Um, because it kind of suits with this episode because we're talking about a movie that is not shy to just say whatever it wants to and do whatever it wants oh, to. Oh, he went there. Of, yeah, he went there and there's no, there was no worry, it seemed, about consequences, which we'll talk about today because um, we're going to review Bo Burnham inside the Netflix special, which we don't generally do. And we actually have a fan question about that, Taylor. Um, so why don't we do that one first? Cool. Um, we, we have a fan who wrote in now this fan didn't leave a name. They do have an email here, but I don't want to give away the email and I'm not too sure if the name exists in this email. So this person says, um, I'm really interested to see if either of you would consider doing more Netflix specials in the future. Why do you generally stay away from Netflix specials and these types of comedy shows on your podcast? Um, I mean, there's no reason. Is there a reason? I don't know. Uh, just generally do I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm not a good enough critic to be able to critique stand-up comedy. <laughs> I don't know. like, Because I think we've talked about, talked about this before, Mike. Comedy is so subjective. And I feel like stand-up comedy is like a very specific audience. Look, I watched stand-up comedy on Netflix. I watched... Um, Bo Burnham's other specials I've watched. Um, uh, he also went to rehab recently. He always wears a suit and tie in his stand-up. Okay. He's young. <laughs> Anyways, I've seen his stand-up. Um, the woman from Off the Boat, I've seen her special. So I like stand-up. I don't know. Yeah, now that I'm thinking that I've seen a lot and I've never thought to review them on air i don't know they just seem like such a different kind of content you know, <laughs> know. This, i never really thought about it until this question i don't actually have an answer to this because taylor you you just described it. okay you watched all these i'm thinking like well why didn't you review them? yeah like, you could have <laughs> like <laughs> you have that power you can, re- yeah, you can review I whatever never... you want it's um, kind of like how we don't really get into television because mm-hmm. it's just like different you know what I mean? It's a different. It's different. Yeah. Um, but if the fans want it, by all means, we we can we can start. Like I yeah. I do watch. I wouldn't say it's my um, 
it's not something that I necessarily actively seek out. But yeah, like I've seen quite a few. And, you know, I, at, I think maybe last Christmas, I watched like a musical ensemble special on Amazon for Casey Muzz, whatever her last name is. She's a country western musician. So like I do watch specials. I don't know, Mike, why aren't we, why aren't we doing it? Know. We we just, I don't know. I guess we could. Um, <laughs> I guess, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, this, this was kind of a special circumstance. Um, we both kind of wanted to talk about it. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I kind of feel the same way you do, Taylor. I, I, I more think of the movies because they're short form. They're, you know, com- I, I find comedy in general is just hard to review. Um, something's gonna make you laugh or it's not um there's yeah, not much more you can say normally they're like up on a stage so like i'm not gonna be like oh yeah like, great, Aziz's, great camera work yeah Aziz's <laughs> Aziz, stage yeah, looks yeah. better than, <laughs> Bo than chappelle's or Bo Burnham's <laughs> or, yeah because yeah, i'm the same way like aziz and sorry dave chappelle um i'm trying to think of others i know who you're talking about i think of, his last of, name's like malone or maloney Mulaney? Mulaney? Yeah, John, John Mulaney. Yeah. He went to rehab too? I didn't know that. Yeah, re- like recently he broke up oh. with his wife and then went to rehab. Oh man, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, uh, and then and then the you said the woman from Off the Boat. I think I also know who you're Ali talking about. Ali Wong? Yes, maybe? yeah. She's very, very funny. I think she um, has two or three on Netflix. I've Yes. And they're they're yeah. really great. Yeah, so every once in a while um i'll watch one when it's someone i recognize um but yeah i don't know i, I don't think i just sit there and, and watch watch them but hey, if, if another big one comes with someone that you know either of us like why not we you did review taylor swift's documentary i think some of it has to do with what's um what's like buzzing right I, so like I, I was almost like we did <laughs> and then yeah. i remembered immediately yeah. yes we did yeah. we had people write in asking if we were going to so fan who wrote in who we don't know your name um if there's a specific special or comedy hour that you want us to review certainly we will i get, that will be my um final answer we haven't gotten enough requests for it yeah there you go (laughs) yeah not on our radar i think is yeah the answer but like everything else on this show if enough people ask we certainly will do it because that's what we do on screen king kingston (laughs) um the next question comes from josh who says oh hey what is your favorite bo burnham song that's from josh the inquisitor do you have a favorite song um, I, I mean, I have one that was a favorite from this particular special um, because it made me laugh so hard. I had to stop. Like I had to pause the recording. White girl and, Instagram? Uh, no, though that one had me in stitches too. <laughs> I don't know if it that's was, the actual name of the song, but. That is the, I think that's the name of the song. It's the one with the puppet. Um, oh, and specifically, yeah specifically when he's he's reprimanding the sock puppet and he like forces the sock puppet to look at him to apologize i have never laughed so hard i had to stop it i was like crying i was in pain i was laughing so hard like i couldn't catch my breath for a few minutes it was just i don't even know why it made me laugh so hard but it was the line look at me where he interrupts the puppet 
who was like going apologizing. Off on his yeah, and he was like, it, it, he went off on this rant, and then he like stopped the puppet and like reprimanded him, and then basically made him forced him to apologize. But then as the puppet started, he said, "Look at me." <laughs> and the puppet looked at him and had to apologize. It was just I don't even know why, but that one that was my favorite from this particular special. I it's hard for me to pick like a specific because like everyone knows on this show I can never remember names of actors or songs but I liked the one that was kind of like Willy Wonka like it was kind of like carnival-esque and like the music sped up and then it went really dark like the lyric the content went really dark and then it slowed down and it was kind of like the carnival music again is this ringing a bell no it's about the internet (laughs) about how like we've let like Oh, you can find anything on the internet and how we bled oh, it into yes. our houses. Yes. And blah, yes, blah, that blah. was a good one. Because, like, at the beginning yeah. of the song, it starts, like, it's naming all the positives. And we're like, oh, yes. yeah. And then, like, and then the yeah. music speeds up and it's, like, in the tunnel in Willy Wonka, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was probably yeah. one of that my favorites. Good. That was a good one. Um, okay. I think we got one more here. Uh, last question. Um, this one comes from Owen. Who wants to know? This is a current thing going online right now. Um, could you both name five films that you're confident you've seen over ten times? So, Taylor, this is a thing that is happening. Is it on the internet right now? Yes, it's it's ever. I've seen it at a bunch of places, so I guess Owen must have seen it too. Where you just have to name, try to name off the top of your head five films that you're 100 percent confident you've seen ten plus times. Okay. Princess Bride, um, Adventures in Babysitting, The Secret Garden. I want to say Lost Boys. Confident like really 10 times. Yeah, the confident 10 plus, like ten, at least 10 times. And you, there's no question. Well, maybe I have. You've seen it 10 times. Okay, I'm going to like not say Lost Boys, but... Definitely 100% Secret Garden, uh, Adventures in Babysitting, and Princess Bride. But I kind mm-hmm. I have to think about the next two. Okay, um, I mean I'm I'm 100% confident I've seen Back to the Future ten times at least ten times. Um, Frozen, seven of those was at Easter one year because my nieces were watching it over and over again. <laughs> um, <laughs> so oddly enough, Frozen, um, Star Trek: Wrath of Khan. Uh, uh, Star Wars, The Force Awakens, um, and uh, Avengers: Age of Ultron. I'm gonna also add uh, interview with the Va- interview with a vampire on my list because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I definitely have seen that more than ten times. Uh, I don't know the f- fifth one. A saw. So- oh, the crow. The crow. <laughs> <laughs> You know what's funny, Taylor? So someone, sometimes we get fans who write in not really questions and I don't really know what to do about them. Like they just like write in like a comment. And I'm just like, thanks. Like usually this is not even like a compliment. It's just a comment. And it's like the one fan, I can't remember who it was. I wish I had it in front of me. I'd have to look for it. It might've been Austin. And this would have been like a couple months ago where Austin, like, yeah, I think it was Austin because he's the big game person. He, he was like, you should, we should make it a game where I 
don't you i can't remember it i'm gonna butcher this but it's basically when you said the crow it reminded me of like you know the game like password where you have like a secret word that taylor you don't know but if you say it it, something yeah yeah, something (laughs) happens and he was like for taylor vampire was one of them (laughs) and the crow which i thought like crow's too easy she brings that up enough but vampire is good like just saying the word vampire I you didn't. do bring that up sporadically, and it's it would be. I just don't know what we do. Like it's we have to do It's something. on the bingo. It's more or less on the bingo card. The crow is yeah. on the bingo card, but I don't I'm know sure. if vampires oh, is are. It, is it? No, I don't think vampires. I know the crow's on bingo card, but I don't think vampire is. Um, but maybe, maybe it is. I, I just, I know, I know for sure the crow's on there. Um, but uh, I don't know if vampires. But yeah, that just reminded me of that. Anyway, that's our fan questions <laughs> for this week. Uh, let's talk about Bo Burnham Inside. This is the Netflix special from comedian, actor, writer, Screening in Kingston Award winner, Bo Burnham. Um, before we, we dive into the special, you know what's really interesting about this? I was thinking about it after I, I watched it, that his comedy is so different to me than even the writing and directing and, and kind of work he's done where like any f- any film fan would recognize Bo Burnham as like, oh, he was the tall doctor from from Promising Young Woman and he directed, like if you're, if you're a big film fan, he directed and, and wrote eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you don't know his comedy, you might be shocked and surprised because the tones are completely different. Like who he's presenting himself as in, in a, as a young filmmaker and even as an actor is much more serious than his very sarcastic comedy. Like to me, there it would be like Tom, Tom Hanks, finding out Tom Hanks had a, had a stand-up com- comedy career that no one knew about. But don't you think his comedy is pretty dark? And there was like pretty like See, there was like Taylor, a latent no darkness. <laughs> I, I, even his darkness, I think, is sarcastic. Maybe it's just because of maybe it's just because of the atmosphere he's presenting. But even the dark moments made me laugh. Like he's just to, I just don't take him that seriously in his comedy. And even his dark moments to me seem like very sarcastic and very like like. Um, like insisting upon himself too much like it's just like i know this is ridiculous i know things are bad and i'm gonna like for it's kind of to me that's what dark comedy is you're you're kind of forcing the you to laugh at like uncomfortable moments so again i I don't know i just i just never saw it as like that that dark and serious okay disagree i don't know like i thought it was like a pretty like i was like wow this is bleak (laughs) don't get me wrong i loved it and i thought it was funny but like i was like i don't remember him i know his comedy is self-deprecating and it's been a while since i watched his original his original specials but i was like whoa like do we need to call like a mental health crisis line for Bo? Like that, it was See, dark. That's the thing. I, I, I don't think so. Like, I think he was putting that on. Like, I actually don't think he had, like, he, I think he was using that of like, everyone will, everyone will understand what it feels like to be isolated now. Everyone will will relate to this. Everyone will see themselves in this with dealing with the pandemic. I just didn't, I thought it was very much I'm putting on a show. Like I'm, I'm taking on this role and my role is Bo Burnham 
the guy who's depressed and stuck inside doing all these things, trying to finish this special. That's the way I took it. So that's like, that's one of the interesting things about this special is it kind of blurs the line between documentary performance, you know, like stand up comedy. So mm-hmm. often, like, and this is one thing that I've been reading about John Mulaney recently is that, um, because people, you know, the fans were shocked when he announced that he was going to rehab. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of, people perceive him as more of like a wholesome, like quote unquote, a wholesome comedian. And really? the reality is like, well, wholesome in the fact that he seemed, I don't know. Yeah, they just thought he was more wholesome, I guess, because of his stage okay. persona. Even okay. though like some of the things he's saying is like, <laughs> yeah, pretty like, pretty <laughs> he never came R, off as wholesome but anyway, but, sure. <laughs> but I guess like what I'm trying to say is that, you know, fans, Stand-up comedy seems very confessional, right? Like, mm-hmm, very, like, mm-hmm. almost, you know, they're a comedian's pulling um, the layer, the curtain, they're, they're pulling the curtain aside and you get to glimpse a part of their lives. And so we feel like we know stand-up comedians, especially when the material's directly pulled from their lives. But, you know, the question is, are they just doing a bit or is that their authentic selves, right? Yeah, you bring up a good point. You bring up a really good point, actually, because then from that lens, you know, you could look at it at really either way. Are they putting on a persona or are they, you know, like a lot of comedians who who do get into trouble, they use it as, they use it as, as as a mental health tool, comedy. And it, it can be very effective for them. And it can also lead to disastrous results, as we've seen. I mean, we've seen lots of young comedians and, and young musicians and young actors lose their lives because they just couldn't, they just couldn't get through whatever they were trying to get through. So you have a, you, you bring up a really good point. And I guess from my lens was I was looking at this as a performance. I yeah, was looking you thought at he as, was doing a bit. Uh, yeah, and like very well. He's a very good actor. So to me, it looked like this was a very good actor doing a very good bit, making some extremely interesting social commentary that I agree with a lot of what he was saying. I thought it was very truthful, very courageous, very honest, um, and very, very like nuanced, which I wasn't expecting. Um and I just, yeah, I, I guess I, that's the way I took it. I took it as a performance. And, but I do like what you're saying here is it, it, it is a, this mix of documentary performance. I would even say throw in performance art because um, there's some imagery and, and artistic moments. Whereas if I was like, a, take me back to my producing days, Taylor, where I would go up to the artist director and I'd be like, what are you trying to do here? And do you have to keep it in? You know, those are the types of things I'd say because I just don't, it's not coming across or it's strange. Or I don't know if you're getting your point across. And I, it was very, it was almost like getting a glimpse into the mind of, of this young artist. Um, I hope he's okay, but I just took it as he's performing a character and he's doing it very well. And I, I agree with all of what you're saying, you know, nuanced social commentary, you know, he made some bold artistic decisions, which I thought were really interesting. Um, I think it was performance art, but also, you know, it felt so raw and authentic. I thought, oh, this is a little bit of documentary. Like this is, we're watching him in real time craft 
a, a Netflix special or like we're watching in real time him craft, you know, a comedy special. I don't know, like it's and that was, you know, I was when I watched it, I really enjoyed it. But I was also very uncomfortable, you know, like, it made me feel a lot of feelings. <laughs> um, and so I read some of the reviews and the reviews are the same saying that um, we don't know what is what, right? Like, mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. this, is he literally playing a bit? Is he doing performance art all the way through? Is this a documentary? You know, like, are we actually watching him in real time put together a performance? Um, is he having, like, are we watching a real authentic mental breakdown? Um, and so like, I was trying to find, and I couldn't at the time, I Mm -hmm. couldn't find, I wanted to read like a making of article, Mm -hmm. like with him being interviewed. Cause I had so many questions like, yeah, is this actually his house? Like where, (laughs) and it's in his guest house. So like, Mm -hmm. that's true. Like it's his property. Yeah. Like I believe, I believe that for sure. I believe it's his his, like, like that. I never questioned. I was like, this is for sure something he owns this is like his space but okay so here let's let's just dive into this more and let's let's have the discussion so here's my evidence taylor and you tell me what you think about this as to why i think it's it's not and it's it's a very uh, i'm gonna you know everyone's different everyone reacts to to pain and and depression and, and and mental health differently so i don't know this for sure but i he not only filmed this and wrote it and wrote all the songs, but he edited it and directed it. So the thing is, is that it's, I think it's a lot more of a different skill set to get up on stage, pour your heart out, do all these things. And and yes, let's say it was real, but then to sit down and meticulously edit it and to choose editing moments and direct it. I think that's like, to me, that's the evidence that there, I don't, I think he was putting on a, a bit because to sit, the last thing I want to do when I'm feeling my worst is to edit anything. The last You're thing, saying he couldn't be de- depressed I, because depressed yes, people honestly. can't edit. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm just, that was part of right. my thinking of like, he did too much for this. This could have been a passion project and clearly like he poured a lot of himself into it. So maybe, I, I'm sure he wanted it to, to blur those lines. I think that was, that at least was intentional of we're going to blur these lines and have people question it. But to sit down in an editing room as a director and editor and to piece things together, it's so meticulous. It's so like moving things around. It's so distracting that I just, I can't help but think he must have known in advance exactly what he wanted this to be, which takes a lot of like forethought and a lot of planning. And hey, I, I'm with you, Taylor. I think he did a br- brilliant job. And it, it made me uncomfortable at times. It made me feel things at times. It made me laugh at times. Like it, it did a it did a great job. But I just, a part of me just can't help but think this was done on purpose. This was all planned like, for uh, him to do exactly this. It's like when Joaquin Phoenix did his year performance art. Yes. And yes. people were like, <laughs> um, and like, I don't know, like, 
good on what Joaqu- Joaquin V's got a lot of flack being like oh how could he have done that you know like how <laughs> it's like wow he's just a really good actor like <laughs> I don't know why you're mad at him. But it takes it. But you know, it's interesting, Taylor, because that's a. I think that's a very good comparable. Because Joaquin Phoenix is a very good actor, but he's also like crazy. He's a little like that, you know. Yeah, he's a little strange, a little, little bit different, and we love him for it. And you know, Joaquin Phoenix is never going to give a great TED talk, but he would give an amazing performance of something. So, so Joaquin Phoenix was putting that entire thing on. Like Joaquin Phoenix was feeling great. He wasn't disappearing. He was putting it on his whole performance art thing. I just happen to think we're seeing Bo Burdum, a, a young director who's really, really good at what he does. He just has this talent that's there. Could be wrong. Hey, everyone, everyone's different. People go through things. We've seen lots of examples of it. But I just can't help but wonder by looking at how well it was put together how much he planned out and even the flow and the structure for this thing to seem random. It wasn't, it had such unique flow to it from going from scene to scene, to scene, to scene, it all worked and made sense. And that takes, that takes someone sitting down, planning that out and mapping it out, just like Joaquin Phoenix did. It takes commitment to make it work so much so it can be believable. So that's just why I was thinking, I think we're just seeing a true artist do what he's doing really well not someone who's crying out for help but again could be wrong but it's, and you know that's what, what like, it came off to me i'm not one of those people who are like you know i would never be like oh joaquin like tricked us like whatever like you're the one who got duped like who cares like why like <laughs> if anything I'm like that's a testament to his acting so like with this documentary like or this sorry this special at the end of the day, like, it doesn't really matter, at least to no. me, if it's documentary versus performance art, both stand-up comedy, like, he's putting on a bit, it's real life. Mm. It doesn't really matter because at the end of the day, like, it was still a very real, raw, authentic performance that um, really got me thinking to the point where I was like, I need to learn everything about the making of this just because... <laughs> yeah. um, well, it's a very unique situation. The it fact is. that he did every did it all, you know what I mean? And in his own house, like within a year. So like that alone was fascinating to me. And I would have liked to watch like a behind the scenes. Um, yeah, he clearly is a very talented young man. Let's put it that way. Like, <laughs> talented young man. You're yes. a whippersnapper. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, like... I agree with you, Taylor. And and if you're out there and you, you watched it and there's a part of you that's, you know, would be disappointed if it wasn't, you know. Uh, I mean, I hope he isn't as sad as yeah. he seems in the Yeah, no, and, and I think, but, it, but I think, Taylor, I think the point you said is what people should take away. It doesn't, it doesn't matter in terms of your enjoyment of the film. If you connected to this, if you connected to something that he was saying, then he, he meant for you to connect to it. It's not un, inauthentic just because he's putting on a performance in a really, in a, you know, really strong way and he's convincing. I hope he's okay too. I think he is. I think this is planned because I, after this, I think he's, he's clearly a genius who, who knows how to take an artistic idea and not everybody knows this. And it's why I think at least in Canada, we struggle with some film stuff. You have an artistic idea and he knows how to translate it and use the medium. Well, he used film. Well, being stuck well, he in grew with up one on, or two cameras. He grew up on YouTube, right? Like that's yeah. literally 
literally he, how he got his start. <laughs> he knows how to use camera work. Some of the stuff he was doing, some of the stuff that he did in editing, some of the stuff that he did with the camera, unique and interesting. And the, the mix of like, you're going to see him press, you know, the button for the laugh track, or you're going to see him with his phone flip to a new lighting cue. Like the way it was done was just done so well that if you if you like this type of stuff, you're going to appreciate the hard work that he put in to to using the fan and the, the, again the uniqueness Taylor that's why I think he 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 must have planned all this because he would have taken time to figure out how am I going to use the camera in different ways so it's not just on a tripod pointed at me all the time like he did so many different unique things and never left the room <laughs> which is <laughs> which is incredible um, you know it's not going to be for everyone not everyone's going to like this type of thing I don't think that you know. It's going to be universally loved. But if you're if you're around our age, Taylor, I think this is right up our alley of, of the commentary, the things he's talking about, the the way he's using the space, the way he's he's using the the songs and the comedy to make you think. The way he's using his body, like even like how he's <laughs> yeah like, yeah, there were some weird moments. Like yeah. uh, <laughs> I just think I yeah like I really really loved it i thought oh my gosh give this man as much money as he wants to make whatever he wants like in the Mm. future (laughs) well especially because the fact that again if you look at his pantheon of work eighth grade is nothing like this special so he he can do this special and then do something completely different and they're both great and he can act in a in a in a movie and and come off completely just like an actor which I, I know it seems like, well, of course, he's a performer. Some people can't do it. Yeah, Some I don't think there's a difference. This. Like, not everyone's a Robin Williams. Let's put it that way. You know what I mean? Like, not everyone can translate mm-hmm. from being a stand-up comedian to being, like, yeah. a dramatic actor. Robin Williams is a really, really good comparable of that. Like, I that to me, that's the level that Bo Burnham is yeah. starting to go, to go to. 100%. He's, he's young. He's not there yet. But he could be the next generation's Robin Williams, and I hope that that he is okay and that he goes down, you know, a, a bit of a different path. But you're right in terms of who the performer was. Robin Williams can seamlessly jump from TV to film to to producing to doing stand-up comedy, and he excels at all of it. Kids' films, he's in kids' movies. Yeah, I think yeah. like. I think Bo did show his range in Promising Young Woman. And I had mentioned this when we gave the review of the film. It's in one of his last scenes where Casey, I think is the name of the girl, is confronting him. And, you know, this whole movie, he's been like kind of like a dream boyfriend, right? Like says the right things, like wonderful support of whatever. And then you see the flip switch and he becomes like a predator, like that to me, I was like, oh man, this guy, he's gonna, he's going places. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I think he definitely has the range to act in mainstream film and um, clearly has the artistic sensibility to direct and to produce. It was almost Lynchian, like David, like a David Lynch filmed, uh, 
filmed a comedy stand-up. Like, that's what it felt mm-hmm. like. And obviously up my alley, anyone yeah. who listens to the show would know. Yeah. So I have nothing but good things to say about it. Again, whether it's real or not real. And I think he was forcing us to ask those questions. For sure. And, like, you have to ask. It was even a comment on the nature of stand-up. Do we mm-hmm. actually know stand-up comedians? You know, in the confessional style of performance, are we actually getting to know this person? Yeah, um, I think his his bread and butter is kind of that thing where he's very good at social commentary, but also kind of making you question even the the methods and the things and the mediums that that you're consuming right now like the stand-up comedian the 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 actor i mean he he questioned his own his own race and identity in terms of like uh what do i know shouldn't i just shut up and sit here like what's is comedy really going to help like i thought that was a very powerful again it takes a lot of courage to put that out there to be like i know this could do nothing is basically what he's saying i know this isn't gonna necessarily help all i can do is do the thing that i do and I, i again i I have to applaud him for for doing that. Not a lot of people would admit that. A lot of people would say, I'm doing something to help people. I'm changing would, the world. Yeah, they would. They would fool themselves. And he even pointed that out. Like he would, you'd fool yourself to thinking you're changing something by making this comedy or putting something on Instagram or throwing something up on social media. I really, really loved his skit about uh corporations and brands um and how you do not have to like i i fully believe as a brand you don't have to comment on everything that's happening in the world and his kind of jokes about that were again other moments where i was just laughing a lot um so i i think he's he he went for it and he really tackled even who he is as a person to say i understand my I have my own limitations and again I, I just I love the line of like maybe maybe you should just shut up <laughs> right now like you know if, if you're a white dude maybe you should just say nothing <laughs> I think and I thought that was really funny I think it's a fascinating piece of content you know at the end of the day um I really don't have anything negative to say about it he even had a song about that taylor there's even a song about it being uh, just content yep. enjoy this content yep. <laughs> <laughs> i'm putting out there yeah <laughs> so yeah and again with content whether or not we remember this uh six months from now is <laughs> to be determined but to be determined, um yeah. for me it's definitely a see it like if this was in theaters i i guess it would be different it's covid times right like yeah if this was made this is certainly a product of the times let's put it that way like yeah it is of a specific year you know what i mean you know what's interesting he never once mentioned covid oh really yeah he Even never preamble nothing he just said he just said he was stuck in this room yeah and didn't go anywhere yeah. So even, but so even with that, it's still, you know, we've lived like the globally, we lived through the shared experience and it's like a marker, like that's how we're understanding this special. And he never even mentioned COVID, but, uh, you know, the stuff like talking about um, content, Instagram, you know, would our grandchildren be able to understand yeah, the references? The, I don't know. Which, which is one of the reasons why, per, like, I'm giving it a stream it because I even think now there's there's a non-accessibility to this to this thing. I think his target market is and us. the people is us, 
And I think we would like it. I think that that a, a generation older and even generations younger might not. Um, I And even the messaging, like I, I keep coming back to the messaging he has in here is to us. You know, he's he's trying to point out things that we as a generation are doing and saying that aren't helping, aren't making any sense. Um, we think we're doing good, but, but we're actually not. Like all that messaging is directed, I think, towards us. So I give it a stream it because like I, there's tons of people I know who wouldn't sit down and watch this, who, who wouldn't go to the theater. And I think a movie theater going audience would actually be pretty mixed on this. Like it, it does have that kind of artsy, strange feeling. So, so I think this is best viewed at home, stream it. This way you can turn it off if you don't like it. And I think there's a certain level of claustrophobicness that you get when you're watching it alone in a room and he's alone in a room. Mm -hmm. So I, I kind of gave it a, a stream it just because I just don't think that it's for everyone. And I could see people not liking it, um, depending upon who you are. But yeah, that's that's kind of why I gave it gave it a see it, but it's stream it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I really liked it. I laughed out loud a lot. Um, it kept my focus for the most part. Yeah. I like most of the things that I have to say negative about it, Taylor, I'm not even going to bring up because they're so nitpicky. They're just small little things um, that don't bother me that much. Um, it was it was pretty it was pretty good, um, and I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like it. He is a true Screaming Kingston Award winner for a reason. <laughs> we gave him an award for a reason. We've now talked about his stuff. I'm I just you know I'm looking forward to see to see more of him. Every once in a while, someone comes along, and you're just like, I can't wait to see more of what they can do and i really do hope he is okay and that he is um just very thriving. very good i hope he's um, thriving not just yeah. surviving <laughs> yeah because he could yeah, see he uh he he would be he'd be great he, he has a lot of great uh stories to tell and again i think i think eighth grade is it was a fantastic film um and dived into a lot of things that that films don't uh, don't dive into and he seems to have he seems to have a lot of that sensibility of like i'm just going to talk about it yeah i'm not going to dance around it I'm just you know it's so frustrating he's 30 i'm going to be 30 this year what i what do i have to show for it and here yeah. he is <laughs> little provocateur <laughs> Don't you hate that? Yeah. Don't you hate that we're at the yeah. age now that successful people are either our age or younger? <laughs> yeah. No, honestly, Taylor, four years ago, I felt the same way. Four years ago when I turned 30, I felt the same way. And now I've just given up. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. You stop feeling. I will say, Taylor, you feel that way for 30, 31, 32, 33. But by the time you hit 34 and then your next birthday, you're going to be in your mid 30s. You just own There's it. No time. Yeah, I just own it. This is who I am. I'm a loser I now. Accomplished any of these things. Yeah, this is <laughs> this is what I do. The highlight of my day is when I buy a rug, um, or when I use something interesting on Amazon, and then it arrives. Like that's the exciting. But you know what, Mike? We're an award-winning podcast. That's so true. So we have that. We once won an award <laughs> in our very first year. That's true. We won an award. Bo Burnham won an award. It just goes around. Um, but yeah, it was overall, it was, it was good to kind of do this. I don't mind doing Netflix specials every once in a while. I just know that like, if, I mean, maybe most of our listeners would enjoy it. I mean, if they're around our age, but I know that, uh, you know, it's probably 
not for everybody. But hey, I'm I'm down to do more Netflix specials if we get these opportunities. I think this one's just uniquely more like a film. This is not a person standing on stage. Yeah, that's the that is the difference. I I feel like like I had said originally, stand up comedy is just its own type of media you know what i mean and it's just like we don't review tv typically um we don't really do stand-up but again if we get enough feedback enough questions that's normally what happens on this show if our fans pester us enough you you get what you ask for yeah and you're (laughs) right like i didn't remember but you're right that's exactly what happened with the taylor swift yeah thing we weren't going to review the documentary but people asked about it so we we did it whatever you want to listen to yeah <laughs> we, you, we will provide. you're the fans we are at your command <laughs> yeah we will see what happens um well you know it's it's i'm so glad we are we are done june here because uh july is a common we're getting closer to movie theaters uh i mean next week we're going to be still talking about some streaming stuff um then, uh, then oh, I guess we can announce that we're you and I are going to take a little uh, take a little break, a little summer a holiday, a little little two week break. But just so you're aware, fans, I'm still working on this now. Um, but he, I sent him an email, so hopefully he'll respond. I should have some some things to still put out where we you won't miss a week of screening at Kingston. Our podcast will still come out every week, even if we're off, because uh, we had some some uh, left leftover Star Trek business to take care of that came out of one of our Star Trek episodes. So Tyler Vance, if you're out there, check your email. Um, I sent you an email. So there you go. That's what's going to happen the next couple of weeks. We're going to, Taylor and I will be here next week and then we'll get kind of a two week break where it's just some Star Trek talk that happens. And then we'll be back. Hopefully uh, when movie theaters come Fingers back, Taylor, that's what we're hearing. So we're hoping everyone stay good in Ontario. Let us get back to, uh, to, to movie theaters and, and that'll be fun. But uh, thank you so much, everyone, for listening this week. And uh, we'll uh, we'll see you next week. And quick plug, even though I plug Cineplex's popcorn, the screening room here in Kingston is also selling popcorn on the weekends. So if you happen to be downtown, hit up Wendy and get some popcorn until you can go go see the movies. But in the meantime, go stream some movies. Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast, recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishabi peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.